The world's busy enough, and it's just getting busier because we all have people we want to take care of, like aging parents and other friends and relatives. Let Instacart save you time while making it easier to stock up on everything you need from groceries and alcohol to home essentials. You can browse thousands of products from your favorite stores, plus you'll get access to exclusive Instacart-only coupons on hundreds of items. So go shopping for yourself, your mom, your uncle, your kids who are away at school. But before you do, go to youdontsay.net and click on the Instacart ad on the homepage and you'll get free delivery on your first order. Getting your message out there is important. That's no secret. But how to do it in a way that presents your brand in a unique, engaging way, that's a little bit trickier. Left Brain, Right Brain Marketing focuses on the needs of smaller businesses and delivers everything you need to build a great brand. From web and graphic design to copywriting to developing podcasts that help you tell your story and position you as an influencer in your space. If you're ready to get your message out there the right way, give us a call at 503-961-3647. Again, that's 503-961-3647. Or check us out online at lbrbm.com. This is Drew Zagorski. You're listening to You Don't Say. Thanks for that. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and follow wherever you listen to podcasts or at youdontsay.net and share with your family, friends, and everyone else you know. So here's the story. Thinking. Well, if this last five years hasn't had you thinking about things, well, you should probably have someone check your pulse. I grew up during the late 60s and 70s, and my teen years were in the early 80s. My dad and his best friend, who, by the way, his son is my best buddy today, Anyway, our dads would lock horns on politics. I remember being at his house, or maybe they were at ours, and our dads would get after it. His dad was a Nixon guy. Mine? Not so much. Mo and I weren't even 10 years old when these kitchen debates would take place. Both of us were into it, even at that age. The point here is that my radar on our world, and especially what was going on in our country, began that early in my life. So I grew up as a very patriotic kid. I believe that time of life contributed a lot to that. John Wayne was still kicking then, and he was my favorite actor and Moe's too. There was a Duke film on TV more often than not every Saturday night, and we'd be wrapped in front of the screen. Heroic tales of soldiers and other characters. John Wayne is still my all-time favorite, and no, I won't apologize for it. Just like I won't apologize for believing Pete Rose, who was still playing ball back then, belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm a fan of what they did in their respective fields, not their politics or their stupid decisions off the field, because neither of those things had anything to do with their performances. Just go down a list of every actor or filmmaker who won an award or any athlete who was honored with any kind of anything, especially the Hall of Fame, and you'll find a bucket full of despicable people who, by the way, don't represent the whole group. Just a few. If we're to cancel out either the Duke or Charlie Hustle, We need to do it to all artists and athletes and, well, really, all humans. Because we all have shit we did or said or believed or acted on at one time or another in our lives. But I'm getting off the point here. Anyway, the point is that the times I lived in created in me a patriotic stirring. I believed in America, and I still get emotional when I hear the Star Spangled Banner, or specifically, America the Beautiful. But today, maybe it's for different reasons. I'll get into that in a bit. As a kid, we celebrated the bicentennial, the freedom train, and yes, I began to understand as I got older and more aware of our real history that the name of the train really didn't and still doesn't apply to half our people. But as an 11-year-old kid, it was something, and it made a big impact on me. I also acknowledge that I grew up in a place where people of color were considered boogeymen, 
and I thank God that my path and my exposure to people of different races and creeds quickly led me away from that sickening notion. And yeah, I also grew up in a time when our elementary school history books presented a sanitary, whitewashed version of history. Well, maybe today these books shouldn't be so fictional as they were then. There's no doubt about that. But elementary school kids probably don't need all the graphic details. There's enough life and schooling ahead of them for that. I was blessed in eighth grade with a fantastic teacher who stoked my interest in history. Mr. Pat Cahill was fantastic, and I think of him often for that reason. He was the first teacher who began to pull the curtain back on all that bullshit the grade school history books were shoveling. He figured I was on the cusp of going to high school, so he pointed me to information that told a wider, more unfiltered history. Then in high school, I was doubly blessed with Sister DeCanio, another history teacher. She had a passion for the subject that was impossible to miss. She brought it alive and often in graphic and moving ways. She told history. She didn't teach it, so it sunk in more permanently. I'd become aware of politics, as I said, during the Nixon years. I watched with a focused interest the 76 elections and was absorbed in watching the respective conventions. I watched and witnessed the Carter years, the continuance of the energy crisis, the hostage crisis, as America's position and reputation in the world started to crumble. Well, at least in so far as my short life. I was excited about the rhetoric of Ronald Reagan and was happy to see him elected. And I can't say I apologize for that either. My thinking was that of a 15-year-old kid who was a patriotic kid, only at the beginning of my read-in on the actual history of our country and full understanding of politics and the diversity of our people. That Reagan candidacy led to me voting for Republican presidential candidates through the 2004 election. In that vote, I really wasn't thrilled about casting. But as the saying goes, if I knew then what I know now, right? We can't turn back history, only learn from it and evolve. Outside of the presidential candidates, I've never been a stone-cold or even solid Republican voter. I've always voted a very split ticket, and I've never missed voting in a single election in my life, and I'm pretty proud of that. Now, here's the thing. During the Nixon years, during the Carter years, during the Reagan years, remember the friendship he and the Democratic Speaker Tip O'Neill shared? During all of those years, we faced problems, big ones. The people who we American voters elected actually spoke to one another. They negotiated, compromised, and while one side or the other might hold an advantage on any given issue, they came up with solutions that at least moved us forward a step or two, if not by leaps and bounds. And yes, I acknowledge that people of color and women and other people were always left behind by a lot of policies and legislation during those same years and throughout our history. The point is that there was a time when bipartisanship was a virtue, not a mortal sin and a political suicide. You know, Aren't there enough things that cost an arm and a leg when you're running a business? There's really no reason you should be spending five grand or more for a website unless it's doing some pretty whiz-bang stuff. With Squarespace, you don't have to, even with some whiz-bang. With plans starting as low as 12 bucks a month for a personal website, Squarespace has a library of professionally designed templates to start from with easy-to-use tools that let you customize your site to fit your brand. So get that site going today. Just go to youdon'tsay.net, look for the Squarespace logo on the homepage, click on it, and when you check out, put in the code PARTNER10, again, that's PARTNER10, you'll save 10% off your first subscription on a website or a domain. And if you need help with your site, drop Left Brain Right Brain Marketing a call at lbrbm.com. Squarespace, it's the shortest, most cost-effective distance between here and success. Direct mail. To a business owner, that only brings to mind big dollar signs and little return. 
Well, there's a better way to reach, stay in front of, and engage your customers, prospects, and cohorts. Constant contact, folks. Yep, I've used them for years for my businesses, and it works. And for pennies per contact as compared to direct mail. Subscriptions start at around 20 bucks a month. Constant Contact provides powerful email tools that include a library of awesome design templates, list management and reporting, event management, polls, and more. So, if you want to stay in front of your audience, Constant Contact has everything you need, and I'll make it easy for you. Simply go to constantcontact.com forward slash you don't say to start your free trial account today. Then in 1995, a reptile took hold of the House Speakership. A Newt, Newt Gingrich. His whole goal was to do what he could to stop any ideas or policies or discussions other than those which he and other extreme conservatives espoused. Sound familiar? The current minority leader, who also looks a little reptilian, said the same thing within the past couple of weeks, more or less. And it's a restatement of what he said his agenda was in 2008, the last time a Democratic president took office. He has no intention of doing anything that might help anyone but his own self and his own party. Anyway, back to Newt. He single-handedly laid a hammer into things, creating the first profound fracture in anything that resembled bipartisan politics. This is where the dysfunction, which has always existed to one degree or another, became cancerous instead of just a boil on America's rear end. Or maybe it's where that tumor metastasized. Either way, Newt turned things into a blood sport and paved the way for the movement that elected Donald Trump. My opinion is that Trump raped and sodomized the Republican Party and any possibility of forward movement for our country. The ex-president simply took Newt's knife and sliced it through the jugular, making divisiveness a virtue, degradation of anyone who had the gall to criticize him or came with ideas other than his own in art form, and xenophobia became a monument to his idea of what's right, as well as the assassination of any type of constructive discussion about anything. And let's be honest, from the time Newt slithered into that speaker's chair until now, the other side of the aisle learned from him too. But one side has perfected the behavior, the other strives every day to mirror it. There's no innocent parties here. And that behavior has now infected all of us. We can no longer tolerate what the other side has to say. We don't even want to hear it. We want what we want. We want to believe what's convenient regardless of whether it's based in fact or just someone's whole cloth fantasy or wild ass comment. And technology and the speed of communication has exacerbated the situation. For more on that, I encourage you to give a listen to episode 44, How People Buy Into Batshit Crazy. I'll put a link to it in the episode notes, or you can go to youdontsay.net and find it. Anyway, technology, so-called social networks, and proliferation of less-than-legitimate news outlets have built impassable walls between us. Nobody is interested in talking about anything that's the slightest bit uncomfortable, only that which is in alignment with their own perspective. Our sensitivities have busted through the roof of the chart. In George Washington's farewell address, he said that disagreements between political parties will weaken, not strengthen the country. He said that vendettas that parties hold against one another leads at length to a more formal and permanent despotism. He further made the prescient statement that political parties, quote-unquote, gradually incline the minds of men to seek security in the absolute power of an individual. Well, we're here, folks. We live in an age of political brands that generate campaign cash for the owner of the brand, not political progress. Look at both sides. The ex-president and AOC are all about sound bites and getting their share of clicks, cable news coverage, audio, and ink. 
Now, before you crucify me for that statement, take a breath. I'm not saying that they're equal in their rhetoric, only that they use their bully pulpits to build their political brands and war chests rather than meeting in the middle to make any progress for anyone. I'm not saying that one creates shit out of thin air like the other. At least one of those people believes in science and facts. Okay, so cool your jets. And if that comment makes your blood boil, step back and ask yourself if you're not part of what I'm talking about here. We can't even talk to one another anymore if we can even stand the sight of those who run contrary to our own views. I'm guilty of it. I admit that. I see some of these politicians and I simply change the channel, mute, or walk away. It's not productive and more often than not only leads me to screaming at the TV or the speaker or whatever and driving my blood pressure through the roof. I have to walk away for my own physical and mental health. That said, I do try to read about what they're saying, though, because I believe that it's my duty to my evolution and growth and to all of you, to be honest, especially those with whom I disagree. We all need to know what's behind each other's thinking, not to shoot it down, but maybe, just maybe to inform ourselves and possibly evolve our own thinking. Maybe even reach a better position on whatever the idea is. And here's the other thing. That statement I made about tuning out and turning off the sound on politicians... That same thing doesn't apply to anyone I know or meet in my own life, my friends, neighbors, other people who aren't these politicians. I ask them questions as far as I can. I don't shut them down. I try anyway. Also, that best friend I mentioned at the beginning, as crazy as he makes me with his politics, I still consider him my best friend. And okay, truth be told, we don't go into politics as deeply as we used to because it's just going to get too heated these days. But we do allow comments born of frustration to get out there between us, And you know what? We choose to let those fall where they may, and then we walk away from it. We both tend to steer around them at this point and move on to something else. We tolerate those things, even though we may not like them. I mean, if you can't say something to someone you've known and been friends with for over 50 years, who the hell can you say something to? I wish everybody had a friend like him. So now I've come around the corner on this, that word, tolerate. I just don't see it anywhere anymore. And I, too, am guilty of intolerance about a lot of things. And I'm sure my daughters will say more than a lot of things. I don't know. But tolerance is what we need. Tolerance, not silos. Conversation, not condemnation. And now here, too, yes, there's certain things that warrant nothing but condemnation like racism, sexism, anarchism, fascism, ism, 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 ism. You get the point. Condemn them. Then get a dialogue going as to why a person or group feels and believes what they do. Get to it. If we don't, we might as well just cash in all the chips on this country and pull the plug because it's already over. And maybe that dialogue will help to find an understanding about what causes these things so we can all work to eradicate them. And that's just what I don't know about us, capital U, capital S, as in the United States. We're clearly no longer the United States. I can make a pretty strong argument that we probably never really were the United States. Shit, we're not even united within our states. We've come to a place where we're all pigs at a trough who only want the specific slop that we want, and we want it all, and we want it now, and screw anybody who isn't on board with that. You know what? Another great man said a house divided can't stand. I wonder often if we've already crossed that Rubicon and there's no going back. I find myself thinking about that in this country and the city that I live next to, which seems to have turned rioting into everyday performance art. 
It makes me wonder if it's not time to just get the hell out and go somewhere where people talk and their governments and politicians actually work together to serve those who've elected them instead of acting like swine groveling for cash and holding on to their own power. I think about that and then I consider the fact of the old adage that the grass is always greener on the other side. Life's taught me that that's never the case. It's just a different set of issues you'll find in that turf. My feelings and thinkings are based on my deep reading of our real history, on the past 20 years and most definitely the last five years, and the toxic divisiveness we see, which I believe was exacerbated, note here my conservative friends, I didn't say caused by, but exacerbated by four years of the last great leader's term, who I consider an oligarch and despot whose only requirement from everyone in this country and in the government was not simply loyalty but fealty and the politicians in his party and half the American public are willing to give him that fealty. That, to me, is the most disturbing development in all of this. My reading of history has too many parallels to citizens buying into the politics of personality, of isms, of non-inclusion, of non-diversity and intolerance, and a willingness to do what George warned us about, enabling the absolute power of an individual, the power of a brand. Corpses litter the world with societies that have allowed that to happen. So yeah, I get emotional when I hear those patriotic songs, but it's not because I'm feeling patriotic or that they made me hopeful or that we're on a path to making this place what it could be. They make me that way because now they fill me with melancholy and sadness for what this country's become. I'm disappointed in us, ashamed of us, And also understand that we're the ones, really, that are culpable for this mess. We continue to enable and elect, then re-re-re-elect the politicians who are closest to the levers of power, who care not a whit about doing the right thing, only the thing that will raise the most money and get them re-re-re-re-re-elected. So, I just don't know about us anymore. What I do know is this, though. My generation and previous ones, as well as Gen Xers and the first wave of Gen Yers, have screwed the pooch. Look how wonderful everything is across the globe. It's time to step aside and turn the keys over to younger people who, to be honest, our city, states, country, and the planet belong to more at this point than the rest of us. (laughs) They certainly can't do much worse or make decisions that are any more idiotic than those made by older generations. Maybe they're on to something. Maybe that's the thing to all of this. They are the hope. We older folks should make sure they don't forget history or whitewash it because it's just not pretty or kind so they can learn from it and provide whatever meager wisdom we can offer and whatever economic support we can to help them make a better planet for theirs and future generations. Oh yeah, and a postscript to all of this. All of this has caused us to lose our humor. And a good laugh is something we can all use more of. I hope that someday soon we'll be able to get back to laughing at ourselves again and not taking life too seriously, as hard as that may be these days. So go watch a comedy instead of the news. Go listen to your favorite stand-up or someone who tells a joke. Just take it for what it is and roll with it. Have a laugh. Lighten up. And the funny thing here is I'm saying this after delivering this commentary. Anyway, just find a place where you can laugh and let go. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review You Don't Say wherever you listen to podcasts and share with your family and friends. Send me your feedback on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at YDS Stories and on LinkedIn at Drew Zagorski. And that's me. I'm Drew Zagorski. Thanks for listening to You Don't Say. Peace. Peace.
Thanks for listening. If you have a story to tell, shoot me an email to info at youdontsay.net. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at YDS Stories. Thanks again, and see you on the next episode.